Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey George. Hey Lions, how's it going? Dude, it's it's going it's going good. I've got like this whole new exciting feeling in my heart. I know, right? In fact, I would say that we've just gotten to the top of this particular uh genre and you know, like let's just uh Let's just climb climb this subject matter and uh, see where it takes us. So I'm 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 gonna have a moment of vulnerability with you here. Uh, uh-huh. Mountain climbing puns somehow mm-hmm. did not occur to me, <laughs> and I now feel like all of my notes are useless because it should just be all mountain climbing puns. It it, and, it should be. I mean, like there's there's you know obviously some cracks in the facade here, but you know yes. like I, I think that we can get through these cracks and this is so good, and I'm not gonna get any of them. so so let let's uh let's do a bit of a a quick preface so uh historically we have always done you know classic games Mm -hmm. and uh i had this idea i've been tossing around uh where i was like what about new games that are intentionally designed in a retro style so retro graphics Mm -hmm. retro music retro styles of gameplay um and and that's so this is our first swing at that yeah and we're so, doing Celeste. Exactly. So if you like it, um, you can, you know, like obviously let us know through the normal forums, you know, like uh, Facebook, Twitter, or our favorite one, going out outside your house, screaming and getting into the police bulletin. So that way uh, we can we can find out that way. So the, we, those we've are gotten top some three. very sweet comments from listeners through that channel. So I really just encourage that to to continue. Absolutely. No, it's it's, it's my favorite by far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so instead of uh, our nostalgia goggles, we're going to talk about our new nostalgia goggles. So, how Whoa. how how did this game come into your life? How did you hear about it? What do you like? Did you have any prior exposure before I brought it up to you? Uh, briefly, I actually was um, I was watching a uh, like a YouTube channel thing about um, uh, I forget I forget what the exact subject matter was, but they you they pointed to Celeste. Oh, it was about um, user defined experiences, actually. Hmm. Um, so the idea was, and and you know I touch on it a little bit in my notes, but the idea was that where do you draw the line between what the designers want you to experience in a game and how you want to experience the game? You know, like mm, okay. because. Because, you know, obviously, you know, designers come at it with a like, this is the experience that I want you to have. But, you know, if it's like, for example, Dark Souls and you're like, I just, dude, I just want to see, I just want to see Dark Souls. I just want to see the game. It's like, well, too bad because get good, (laughs) get good. Then you see the game, you know, but if, you know, you just don't have the time to dump that kind of energy into it, then that shuts you off from that, you know? Um, So anyways, long story short, this game was used as an example in that. And I was just kind of like, huh. This looks it looks uh, pretty good. It looks really like good and, and frustrating. And I was just kind of like, oh man, I'm glad I'm not paying, playing that. And you were like, hey, we should do this thing. We should play Celeste. And I was like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And I queued up the the picture, uh, you know, on my PlayStation. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. I mean, let's, let's I mean, let's do this. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in it now. <laughs> yeah, that and that's. 
I think that is very much, and we'll, you know, talk a lot more about this, but that is the feeling they were after. And, uh, I, I don't think most people, cause there's still a lot of people that don't consider video games art and, you know, screw those people. Um, they are legally considered art though. That's right. Um, so everyone else is wrong because laws are never incorrect. Um, but I think a lot of people, no, don't, don't think about it. Um, <laughs> I think, don't think about it. It's illegal. I think a lot of people, uh, talk about the artist's intentions, uh, with, you know, visual art. So like paintings and sculptures and things, music, uh, it's becoming more common with movies and books as well, but we're still not totally there with video games. And I think that's an interesting space because it obviously applies. We're just, our culture's not really having that discussion yet in, in broad circles like we do with books and movies and things. But the interesting difference is uh, anybody can watch a movie and all mm -hmm. of the references and nuance and subtle, important cultural critiques and all that goodness might totally go right over your head. You know, a thousand miles up, you have no idea that you even missed something. You can't really have that experience with a game when you're talking about game play. There could be references mm -hmm. and cultural and social commentary and all the same stuff you would have in any other uh, artistic medium. But if you're talking about, oh, to even get to that to even get to the part of the game where there's story elements you might not understand you have to do this complicated thing with your thumbs and index fingers is totally unique to video gaming and is kind of awesome when it's handled well i would i would make the argument that there's a similar corollary in books which would just be like books that use a level of language that you're just unfamiliar with so you know for example like um you know, if you tried to read uh, 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 Swiss Family Robinson to a five-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. like that would be similar in the sense that, you know, there's just so many, so many words in there that they just don't know that it just eventually becomes word salad. But yeah, I can't think of a of a similar corollary in uh, in movies because, you know, they're they're highly visual unless, again, you know, it's it's a movie about, you know, like, well, here's the elementary physics behind the Higgs boson particle. Here we go. And you're just kind of like, uh, and again, then it's the language that's falling flat. But no, it, it, there is definitely, um, I mean, as, as we've mentioned before on the show, a, a level of literacy that is required in some games. And it's just, it's, it's, in this, it's very similar to like in books where you can't, if you make the book simplistic enough so that way, people who have a lower level, level of literacy can read it, then it does curtail the type of experience that you can generate, you know? That's true. And I think the a difference that books to some extent and video games certainly have that is necessarily more obvious but may or may not actually be significant in terms of what you get out of it, if you sit down to watch a movie, you are in no uh, means prepared to process the movie still happens like it mm -hmm. once you hit play the movie still happens whether or not you digest any of it and mm. you can sound your way through a book that you don't understand the words for and still arrive at the end of the book broadly speaking um but with a video game like if it's oh you have to do this complicated platforming maneuver to get to the next story sequence like 
you may never even get to like you just literally can't like you are it's as if you couldn't turn the page or the movie was just paused until you understood whatever had just been said in that scene so it's (laughs) i think the viewer is more acutely aware when they cannot progress in a video game whereas if a movie mm -hmm. or a book is too complicated for them then they're like well i still watched it there were just parts i didn't get but you can't say well i still finished it i just didn't finish it like that's that distinction can't happen that, that that's true. I didn't think of it that way, and uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing now, like, as the the equivalent would be like, you know, you just kind of gibble, gibberish your way through the first page of Swiss Family Robinson. You go to turn the page, and your parents like crack you on the knuckles with the ruler, <laughs> and they're like, uh, 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 uh. not until you pronounce it all correctly. And you're like, but you haven't told me how to do that. And then they say, no, I'll carry sadness around with you for a while. <laughs> Or however you were raised. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways. I didn't realize you were Catholic. <laughs> but up, up, but up, but up. But what about you? How did this enter your life? Because you were the progenitor of this for, for us. So I had seen some articles about it uh, because people were talking about the some of the clever mechanics and some of the very heavy story elements. And this is a an experience that may be, if not unique, it's certainly special enough that I can't think of another time it's happened where I saw, and you know me, like I don't really care about spoilers. I mean, Mm -hmm. I assume most of the people who listen to these episodes have played the games, but we never say like, Oh, spoiler alert. Like we just talk about the game as if people have played it. And if to be fair, also generally we've been playing games that are like over 20 years old. So if you haven't played them by now, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I mean the, the special episodes we've done about movies, we're not like, Oh, make sure you watch the movie first. Like if somebody wants to listen and we spoil a twist in the movie, like that's, you know what you're getting into. You went to a book club. They talked about who the murderer was because you're at the book club. Um, right. But I, I read a headline that was something like uh, Celeste made is making the audience and the creators of this game into better people. And I was just like, huh. So <laughs> so I read like the first few sentences and they were like, oh, you know, this game, it's super hard and it's got this kind of theme around depression. And if you haven't played the game don't read the rest of the article. And I was just like, challenge accepted article. <laughs> like I just, and, and that is not a common experience for me. I'm usually just like, ah, whatever. And I'll just go through, but something like I saw the, you know, there's like a banner image with the art style and I was like, Ooh, it's retro style. And it's like, Oh, it's this super challenging platformer. And Oh, it's got this really interesting theming. That's inspiring this cool discussion. And it's only like $9. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just buy it. <laughs> and so I got it. And then I started playing it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then I had uh, some some plane travel coming up. So I was like, oh, I'm going to because I got it on the switch, which is cool and super portable. So I like brought it onto the plane with me and was cursing a lot under my breath <laughs> on this plane flight, probably making the elderly passenger next to me super like, oh, what is wrong with this kid? <laughs> so like, uh, I just, I like plowed through it in like three days, just like banging my head against the challenging parts. Like I must finish this. And then when I was done, I had that horrifying moment where I was like, oh no, I have no one to talk to about this. I don't know anyone who's played this game. And so thank God it lined up with this idea I had. And I was like, George, buy this, play this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to do a special episode. Yeah. And most unfortunately, and in, in full full, um, full disclosure, uh, I just, with, with, with scheduling conflicts and all this sort of stuff, I got about halfway through it because I did want to make sure that like I, I played it because 
without the assist mode, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, so I could get like the, the thorough gameplay experience. So I, got some of the plot but not all so and and i'm, I'm not going to spill your personal life all over the internet but uh normally this is, is the part where i would like harangue you for like not showing up and doing your part but it, you have some pretty legitimate reasons going on so <laughs> and and i think uh the the story is is not like we'll, we'll talk about the story there's not like super complicated twists like it's it's the viewer or player experiencing the story that makes it a good story it's not mm-hmm. an unusual or heretofore un- untold story it's just a really good execution of right. of this character story but we should probably at this point jump into the visuals yes visuals this this game certainly had them um <laughs> so one of the things that uh i um that, that i become started to become really sensitive to um, because it, it's just kind of like you know, you ever, you ever eat eat like a meal and then like get food poisoning and then you can't eat that meal again, right? Uh-huh. So, ever since Home Alone two, <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I have become hypersensitive to the way that games let you know what's in the foreground and in the background, right? Yeah, and that I mean, in a platformer in particular, it's like, am I going to land on this thing or am I going to pass right in front of it? Right. Um, and so with, with this one in particular, you know, like I guess I, again, you know, at first five minutes, I'm jumping around like everything is super like I just it's intuitive. Right. Um, but then I realized that there's two things that they do. One is everything's in the foreground is generally a brighter color like it's just a little bit brighter, you know, which is something that your eye picks up on very easily. But one thing I noticed is that everything that's in the foreground at least I can think of that's like interactive with the bowl, except for like, you know, spikes, which are clearly like these huge jagged spikes <laughs> is at um, 90 degrees. Things in the background can be like at slight angles, like houses and things like that. Like they'll be at a slight angle, you know, but everything that you interact with is at 90, you know, so it, you can very easily cue into the fact like, okay, this is at 90 degrees. This is interactive. I can interact with this versus this other thing is clearly in the background because it's at like, you know, even even just at like 80 degrees, you know, but But not straight up and down or not totally parallel to your feet. Exactly. So I thought that was a very good choice. That is a good choice. And the only I'm trying to rack my brain, the only foreground things that come around later that are not 90 degrees are things that kill you. So like there's times that you have to like jump in a perfect arc through an area that's all spiky but Mm -hmm. it spikes so you are not trying to touch it so there's nowhere i can't think of a single place in the game where you could be standing still on a slant i'm i'm fairly confident that that happens nowhere right exactly and and i think that that's another good point is that you know like there's also these like you know evil mind blob things right that you know are kind of jamming about in like the hotel area and you can definitely interact with them and they're definitely not at 90 degrees, but <laughs> they are like bright and glowing and clearly hateful. And also you, you, you don't want to interact with them. You know, like your goal is to avoid them, you know? So anything that you can land on and like is a safe area, it's at, it's at 90 degrees. And I, and again, that's just kind of like a really nice clean way to, to deal with it, especially one where it, uh, really relies on you knowing the things you can and can't land on. Like you need to know that. Yeah. And, and there's, uh, I'm thinking in the, when you're still in the part of the game, that's like the city, 
there are mm-hmm. platforms that move on an angle, but they are flat. So mm. the so yeah, the rule right. still holds up because you see it floating in the middle of an expanse and you're like, oh, I can jump onto that. And then when you jump onto it, it may move on an angle, but it is still completely flat. So you are still standing totally flat and stationary. So yeah, that and that's that's a good design decision because I in no way picked up on that. But the second you said it, I was like, yup. Yep, and and that's and that's the thing that um and and then you know I, I, because this kind of leads in with the visuals is it's decisions like that that they make across the board that make the game very intuitive, you know? Because like you said, like you know, you're like, yeah, no, that is true. It's 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 things like that, like you know those kinds of decisions or the way that they visually present puzzles to you, like even even when you like for example, if you enter the screen, you know, from left to right, right. The, the way that they'll set up some of the puzzles, right, and the timing assumes that you're now reading from left to right, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, your eye goes from left to right, and you say, okay, I'm going to go here, here, here. And, you know, like, so the 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 flow of the puzzles, all that makes it very intuitive to where I think there was maybe, maybe two or three times in the entire time I was playing where I was like, I'm not sure what to do i always knew what i needed to do it was just a matter of execution like can i do it which is remarkable and i think that it's predominantly shouldered by the visuals and the level design yeah and and we'll definitely spend a lot of time talking about how hard this game is hard Um, dude but the uh the puzzles where it's not immediately obvious what you were supposed to do there's a really good chance that when you die attempting the wrong thing or failing to do the right thing, you gain almost instant clarity or at the very least additional information so you can proceed. Like, Mm -hmm. because there are, the further you go in the game, the more and more you see like multi-screen puzzles where you do not have all of the information and sometimes you literally are being given new information while your character is in the air. So you're like, Madeline is like in mid flight and now needs to make a decision and you're probably going to die. But the thing is you now gain some information you didn't have a minute ago. So when you come back through and the cycle time super fast, you can progress a little bit further and maybe even just make it all the way to the end. So the fact that they have those consistencies where it's like anything you can stand on is totally flat. Anything you can hang on is completely vertical and we are never going to violate those rules ever. So if you see a vertical surface and it doesn't, it's not covered in spikes or poison, you can grab onto it. Right. And so having those kinds of consistencies mean as you play through the game, they can have longer multi, you know, more longer puzzles than they fit on a single screen because you're being fed information faster, but you're not being fed new information. You're just being fed new combinations of information you should already be familiar with. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So um, I, I need to ask you about something because I don't know if this is the kind of thing you would notice, but um, when we've played older games that have like mode seven on the super Nintendo and everything's like all stretchy, transforming, woo, zoomy, like sometimes that effect is done really well. And other times it is hot, hot garbage. And this game is all pixel art, except all the places it's not. So, sure. so like there's cutscenes that are um, these really beautiful hand-drawn styles. All the dialogue is a very modern, you know, high res texture for each character. And they have like a little high res, um, kind of cartoon avatar that that talks um but the 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 level graphics and everything you interact with and all the gameplay is all 
this pixel art style, but there are some places where they clearly violate it. And there's two that stand out in my mind. One is um, when you move quickly as Celeste, she does like a very Looney Tunes, like squash and stretch. And if you happen to pause it at the wrong time, you can see her deformed and it's weird. And it's, Hmm. it's not a bad thing. Like that's a, that's a super tried and true animation style. Cause it's like, Oh, it makes everything look faster. Cause it's all elongated. And then when she like grinds to a halt, she's like a little smaller than she normally would be. Whereas when you think to like Mar like Mario never does that. Sonic never does that. Mega Man never does that. They are whatever dimensions they are all the time. And that, that squash and stretch is something you can't really do uh, on a low bit system because you just don't have the space you could right. draw it with pixels but you would have to make the character larger so that you could then squash and stretch them and right. they just they weren't going to spend pixels on that and processing power on it <laughs> and so to see that animation like part of my brain is like pixels don't move like that and, and so seeing that i'm, I'm just kind of like it it reminds me that it's a modern game the other place is uh you talk to the old lady right oh yeah you talked yeah. to her in the very beginning um and she like laughs and the little ha-has come out and the little ha-has like kind of float and transform as they're moving. And yeah. I, I had that same f- I was, pixels don't move like that. Like <laughs> it was just, and it, it's, it's a beautiful little animation and I, I think it's a, the right choice to include it, but it is a dead giveaway that you're playing a modern game. Like 30 years from now, if you showed someone super Mario world and you showed them Celeste, they would be like, these are not from the same era. Cause like, it's just, you can tell. Right. And actually, I, I saw an interesting presentation on um, why choices like that are made, um, which is the the idea is that like, so this is obviously a nostalgia based game, right? It's ba- it's it's, you know, it, they're they're trying to tap into that, like, you know, the Super Mario kind of, you know, nostalgia, right? Yeah. What if the platformers this- you played as a kid, but way harder, right? Way harder. Uh, but the thing is that they're not competing with the platformers that you played as a kid. They're competing with your memory of it. So hmm. what they have to do is cheat stuff to compete with your nostalgia goggles, you know, to compete with the rose tinted vision through which you are thinking of. Because you remember, you remember like, oh, man, Mario was amazing. It did this that, and the third thing. And then as we've seen, you go back and play it. And sometimes it doesn't hold up. But the thing is that not everybody does this podcast. So... <laughs> So so instead, they're just kind of like, oh, man, dude, Super Mario was so much better. It's like, actually, Super Mario couldn't possibly do what you remember Super Mario doing, but you remember it that way. So so I, I, I've become more sensitive and kind of like, you know, oh, OK. And, and that is one thing I do think that this game does very well is game feel, um, you know, with th- visuals like that and the way that they interacted with the um, the controller, you know, like how they used the rumble on mm-hmm. it. Like stuff like that, I thought was very good. But yeah, that's that's apparently uh, a, a strong reason for why they do stuff like that. Yeah, and that's I, I would love to say that I had totally set you up for that, and I was like, aha! Now George will quote this interesting study that he saw somewhere. Um, <laughs> but that that's actually that's there's an you know if 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 this plays well, if you know, like and subscribe. If you if you <laughs> go outside if, of your house, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. If if we continue to do you know new nostalgia goggles, like that's. That's an interesting thing to watch for is like, what thing did they intentionally change? Because I remember Sonic 
going fast. And then when I actually play Sonic, I'm like, he not go that fast, right? So yeah. so this modern game has to be way faster than it would have otherwise been because they know it's going to be compared to Sonic or this platformer has to be way more whatever because they know it's going to be compared to Mario and Mega Man X and those kinds of things. Like that's a whole, there's an entire meta design level going on beyond just i want to make a good modern game it's i want to make a good modern game that's going to be compared to old games that never actually happened right yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's it's almost like you know when uh you know like 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 you know when you're in high school it's just kind of like well my ex did so and so and it would always do this it's like actually no like i am way superior to your your last significant other but not to you know like like this weird person that you made up that you never actually dated because the way you remember them yeah so it's it's um because i mean and i think it's a it's a natural thing because like what do you remember about sonic well sonic goes fast right and and now when you think of like gotta go fast you may think of like grand theft auto or something like that because then because you're going fast and sonic don't go as fast as grand theft auto or grand trees or whatever fast game you play so it's like <laughs> now you have to get all of the amazing nostalgic vi- visuals with the game feel of you know the whatever game is now like the gotta go fast game you know um that sucks so yeah so, <laughs> so i do not envy developers making retro games because it, it feels and i and actually when i saw this I, I i really gained more appreciation for people making retro games it's like oh man all they're doing is playing on nostalgia and they're just ripping off old games it's like actually to do it right it's almost harder than making your own game so you know give them give him some credit even more props than originally given um i will say as far as how the graphics service gameplay because you you talked about already the the platform angles which i i did not pick up on but that is an amazing way for the visuals to service the gameplay um the thing that stood out to me uh it's a super minor thing but it's just something that i was like ah an old yeah that's right Uh, like an old game would never have thought to do that because old games didn't necessarily have like all these collectibles on the pause screen as well as on the level select screen but who cares on the pause screen it shows you how many strawberries you have or haven't collected and whether or not you've picked up the b-side Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, because that's just something you want to reference. But this game does not lend itself to a big, stupid inventory menu. Like, right. I don't need an inventory menu that shows a giant picture of a strawberry with a giant number slash number next to it. But what I would like is to just quickly see like, oh, there's eight strawberries in this chapter and I only have six and they're even in order. So it's like I know that they're the two at the end of the chapter. They're in the middle of the chapter somewhere like it's that's just a really subtle thing that you could even arguably be like subconsciously digesting and you're like oh right. why am i digging around for strawberries so much in this part of the game oh because i know that this is where they're missing right and and that and that is very clever because they, they don't because the the point to me like you only want things on your hud that are core like it's information you need all the time you know otherwise it clutters up the 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 game it, it's feeding you information that is i mean it's it's like the everything's okay alarm this alarm (laughs) will continue to sound so long as everything is okay (laughs) you know like you don't you don't need that information you know so if you're looking for strawberries you'll be like okay you hit the pause button you're like okay these are the strawberries i'm missing so and especially in a game that's very narrative heavy i feel like that if they had done that it would be constantly reminding you that you're playing a game and And it would be constantly steering you away from 
the objective of the game, which is to experience the narrative, not to collect strawberries. Right. Like so it, straw- I think it even tells you in the first level, like you can ignore these or it tells you between yeah. the first two levels. It does, which I then promptly ignored them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Same. But that's the thing is that, is that they put it in there it, from what I could tell is, you know, because, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, in Bartle's taxonomy, the achiever types need something to do, you know, like, like they they're they're fine they're exploring the thing but you know like they they've they've explored it it's it's fine and now they're like okay i need i need i need to master this and i thought that that was a very very good way for them to uh do user selected difficulty which we'll get to in mechanics um but one of the things that uh, and again this is this one is also kind of like uh you know obvious but i thought it was a great visual and service of gameplay and kind of a clever way to do it and again cuz they could have very easily thrown this information up on a HUD, but they didn't, which is when you've used your dash, your hair is blue. When you haven't, it's red. Yes. And it's just, it's, it's elegant, man, because, you know, they thought about it even more because later in the game, when you make peace with battle line Mm -hmm. and she like rejoins you, then -hmm. your hair is pink and you have two dashes. And when you use your first dash, it goes from pink to red. And when you've used your second dash, it goes from red to blue, indicating you have no dashes remaining. Boom. Easy. And that's the thing is they very easily could put that in the HUD and, you know, saying like, hey, you know, the, how many dashes do you have left or have like a dash meter? And they even could have had like a stamina meter, you know, they didn't do any of that. They they gave it to you through the visuals. And that does two things. One, again, it doesn't consistently remind you that you're playing a video game. You know, it's not saying like, like last time I checked, we don't have a heads up display, right? That's the official stance. Like not yet. we don't tell yes. people about this. Yes. They, they can never know. Okay, good. good. Good good thing that we're not talking about it on the <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh so so you know obviously you don't you don't have a HUD so like that would constantly remind you that you're playing a video game. But also too there's a difference I think between like seeing a stat on the screen versus seeing something is happening to you the player, you know. So it's like when she's climbing and you see you see her start to sweat and then I like start to flash red and like let go, you know, that feels way more personal than watching a number drop or, you know, like a health bar decrease or what have you. You know, it's 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 happening to you and it's it's a great way to convey that information without making it feel gamey. Well, and I can uh, latch on to your good idea there because not <laughs> only would it feel weird to like keep glancing at the corner to be like, how many of my dashes do I have left? How or how long, how much time is left on my stamina meter or whatever? But in a super hard platformer, the only place my eyes should ever be is where I am about to be if I'm in motion or where I am right now if I'm static. Because yeah. if I'm like, if I'm jumping, like if I jumped off one of the little spring step things, so I still have my dash, or if I'm later in the game and I have my two dashes, I need to know what I'm going to do with them. So I need my eyes on the action. So telling me how many dashes I have remaining at the only place on the screen I should be staring is exactly where that information needs to be, because otherwise I would have to look away from the action to you know the corner or to a stupid timer or a stamina bar or something which i mean like uh, breath of the wild does a stamina bar but it fits in how the stamina bar works in that universe this is very simple you have zero dashes one dashes or two dashes and i need that information immediately at hand i can't ever be referencing it because i'm in flight constantly 
Well, and also too, and I have not played Breath of the Wild, but the, the I think the main difference there is that is the quanta behind it is that you know like like this is quantized at one or two, you know. So I mean that's different than you know, like like when you're playing Breath of the Wild and you're doing something that eats your stamina. You know, you can get a feel for like I can do thing A for about this long before I should probably glance up and see exactly how long until i'm boned you know well and they, this one they shove it right in your face so the stamina bar if you're like climbing which uses stamina it is literally on your head ah so like yeah. you, so you there, are yeah. super aware that it's in your face because it's not normally there and then it pops up right it's not up in the corner like where your health is in a zelda game so it's like yeah it reminds you you're playing a video game which is kind of you know it's whatever but it's it's because you have a giant stamina wheel and it can get bigger, but I don't need to see a number one in the corner. Like that, well, the hair I, color is way cooler. Yeah. Agreed. And to be fair, I don't think that like, it's always a bad thing to be reminded that you're playing a video game, you know, like yeah. for example, in, in legend of Zelda, the main reason why you're there is you're there to explore a world, right? I don't think there are too many people that want to just be link, you know, well, like just you, yeah. <laughs> Actually, if, if if I'm Link, I should be the one shutting up. That's, yeah. <laughs> please don't. But that, uh, that's just the entire rest of the podcast. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just want to swear a lot so that way you have to like go splice nope, back nope, in. Nope, the... nope, nope. That took way longer than you think the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Um. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, and all this is true, but I mean, the thing is that the main reason why you're there is you're there to explore the vast world of Hyrule, right? And and so you're there for like the the visuals, the exploration, and and the fact that it's a video game doesn't really matter because you're not there for the deep plot, you know. Like I mean, Ganon is pretty much a mechanics villain, you know. Um, whereas for this one, you you are there for the story. It's important that you not be consistently shattering the fourth wall like that, you know. Agreed. It's just, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever, well, I don't want to say never, but it's generally not, like you said, great to be, you know, like, hey, you're playing a video game. But there are some of them where, you know, it's more important to remind somebody they're playing a video game so that way they can play it better versus, you know, like we need to find out a really elegant, elegant way to convey this information without reminding people that they're playing a video game because we're going to do some stuff and they can't feel like they're playing a video game when we do that stuff. Agreed. Um, the last thing that I'll, I'll say about visuals is just that the because uh, we always talk about hitboxes and in, in platformers, um, and the hitbox mm-hmm. in this is super good, and you're not allowed to screw that up in a game like this because this yeah. is this is a platformer that's hard, not just for the sake of hard, but in service of the story. Like mm-hmm. it's hard on purpose because the entire framing device is in service of the narrative and there's lots of games that are just hard for the sake of hard and that's totally fine but you can't have a game that's hard and unfun like it can't be punishingly hard if the unless that's the point i mean i know frustration games is like becoming a thing but if if the the point i know right if the (laughs) if the point is to convey this specific feeling and the mechanics don't support that you've essentially failed no matter how well written the story is and how well delivered the dialogue is or whatever the case. Like if, if the mechanic is designed to support the narrative and it's not doing that, 
you have a problem. And the mechanic in this game, all the mechanics, but the the hitbox, like when you die, you died. You know you died, you screwed up, or something unexpected happened and you didn't account for it. But there were of the literally hundreds and hundreds of times that I died by the time I beat the game. I cannot think of a single time where I was like, that's total BS. The game cheated. This is crap. Like everyone's a cheater. Everyone's bad except me. It's always the game's fault. Like I didn't, I was very angry many, many times, but never at the game. Always either at the situation or at myself, which we'll get into is kind of what they want. Yep. Um, no, I think, uh, I think that, um, the, the the hitbox is very fair um like like we've said in many, many times is the if it airs it airs slightly on the play, on the side of the favor on the in favor of the player because there was i think twice in like you said and i think i died by the time it was all sudden done a grand total of like 250 times about halfway through the game you yeah. know so out of all of those there was twice where i was like ooh, i kind of think that should have killed me you know <laughs> but but again it was just kind of like it was just and, and i wouldn't and i would not have said that should have killed me like i should not survive that i was just kind of like like we're literally like I, it was in the the nightmare whatever uh, uh oh inside like in the mirror in the hotel oh yeah um yeah. it we're like the goo is like kind of like weird and like i was falling and the goo hit me and i thought i died so i just kind of like reflexively hit you know r2 and i was like wait why isn't the game reset yet and i just saw like madeline like desperately holding <laughs> on to a thing i was like oh my god i'm still alive you know it, and i said i said like out of the the hours i played it and um and you know all of those deaths like twice where i was just kind of like oh all right but in supposed to you know if they had made it again uh fair not 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 good <laughs> um i'm sure there would have been plenty of times where you'd be like nope that was crap you know yeah and and, and having having one or two moments of surprise delight like oh crap i'm alive like even if you then go on to die cuz you didn't realize you'd survive the thing you thought killed you that feeling is a totally fine feeling, but to okay. constantly have, because whenever you err in the other direction, it, it always happens too much. It's, yep. it's not often you play a game where you're like, Oh, every once in a while, you'll kind of feel like the game is cheating. When you know, this game is not designed. Well, it's like, it's broken all the time. You're just like constantly like, like, like these programmers are all assholes, a pox on their houses. Like it's, it's, you you can't have a little bit of that it's always way too much yep no that 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 is the uh the point where you turn off the game and you turn to your wife and you explain <laughs> all of the reasons why the game's garbage yes, exactly like that um so let us move on then to audio so as usual for audio it's uh i'm a little i'm a little light on the audio <laughs> notes um uh to be fair i just i don't really have as god, far as like, god the bless audio, you you try I do, I do. I'm hey, hey. To be fair, I'm very pretty. So beautiful, you know. Uh, when when the package is this pretty, nobody cares what's inside. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, and all of this is true. Oh, so anyway, so the, the the music, like as far as the music goes, I just I, I I couldn't write down anything specific other than the fact that it was really good. It was very very enjoyable, and I thought that it always nicely complemented the visual aesthetic that they were doing at the time. Like the haunted mansion felt like kind of like, 
you know and then like when you were climbing up the uh the 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 level after that where there's all of the wind and stuff so you know you're working yeah. your way up up there like the music was a little bit more sparse you know because you're in a uh you're up in the mountains and the wind's blowing through so you've got like this constant wind sound effect so the music's kind of subdued because like you can't hear the music as much over the wind and uh but aside from that, like, just dude, dude, the music's good. It's really enjoyable. It's okay. So I have uh, Google Play Music, so I can just go and like grab you know random albums, and they released the music for this game as an album. And so after I'd been playing it for a while, I was like, oh, I bet this music is out there because the game itself has a mechanic around music. So like the alternative harder levels are called B sides, and it looks like a little tape cassette. And I was like, that's not an accident. These people definitely released this music. <laughs> So I went out and found it because I just I loved this music. It's like it's it's sad and melancholy in certain spots, but then in other spots it's like super inspiring. Especially like uh, the the last like the final climb um, when you've made your peace with everything and you're you're like you're gonna go for it. Um, that track is like really good. Like it's good workout music. It's really really good. And uh, I was driving home. Uh, I was bringing my older daughter home from uh, gymnastics and. Uh, I'll ask her once in a while. I'm like, cause she always wants me to play music. I'm like, Oh, do you, do you want me to pick something? And she was like, yeah. So I put it on and she was like, what's this? And I was like, it's from a game called Celeste. And then like two days later, she hadn't said anything about it. And we were sitting down to dinner and she was like, can we listen to new music? And I was like, do you want something new? Or do you mean the new music I played for you? And she was like that one. I was like, you, you want to listen to Celeste while we have dinner? And she was like, yeah, <laughs> and that has now happened like several days in a row. Awesome. It's right. It's and, just and like, you what, oh, it's good. I will tell you what, man, that is, that is the awesome thing about I mean, about the, just the age that we live in, because <laughs> there is so much stuff that is child friendly now that, you know, like, like we like, you know, so it's just kind of, you know, all, all you got to do is just, just keep enjoying the things that you enjoy and you know that are child friendly and then kids will be like can we can we watch this thing that you love watching and you're like yes yes of, of course yes yes um, we can <laughs> yes we can the one but other, not that thing because um, nobody enjoys that thing <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um what do we want fries dog when do we want it fries, fries dog, dog. <laughs> uh what the the only one other note that i had for um audio which again i thought was just a really nice little thing to add immersion to the game and i touched on it briefly with the wind but the place where it really hit home for me was with the water is when you go underwater it mutes the sound yep you can still hear right, it but it's all like you're underwater watery <laughs> yeah so like again because and what happened was it was again in the, the haunted hotel area where like I jumped into the water and my momentum carried me under for like a brief second, you know, and the sound just kind of went like it would, you know, just that. And and I was like, okay, that wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so I jumped again and kind of did that. It went, and I was like, no. <laughs> and I held, held down and held myself underwater. I was like, yes, <laughs> you know. And then wrote the note and continued on. But no, it just just little considerations like that, just show the level of attention that they kind of put into this game you know and so something that is 
maybe this is easy to do if you are musically inclined. Um, I, I'm not a, a composer, so I don't know how difficult this is. It feels Get your life together. Sorry. <laughs> uh, next, next, it's next on my to do list. Um, okay. Th- this feels like a thing that would be difficult to do because this game, you're going to die an absurd amount of times. Um, like you said, you're, you know, you made about halfway through the game, hundreds of deaths. By the time I was done with the game, I think I probably cracked four digits. Like it's a lot, a lot of deaths. And what that means is you're going to be constantly playing the same parts of levels over and over as you die over and over and over. And some of the levels, the music changes as you get further into the level, because there's like a story thing happening. And Mm -hmm. when I was playing the game, I was super not aware that like, oh, when I was on this screen, this like drum part was continuing to loop forever. And then when I made it to this next screen, the drum part kind of dropped away because now like a story thing is about to happen. But when you listen to the soundtrack, all of the songs sound coherent, which means they must be written in such a way that when listened to in isolation, it sounds like a good song. And there are places where they can just loop ad infinitum and you don't notice that it's happening. And that's hmm. that seems like a thing that would be you'd at least have to be thoughtful about it. Maybe it's not super difficult, but um, it, it's it was something that I once I noticed it, I was like, oh, because then I went back and I was playing some of the B-sides and I was like, oh, this song is written in such a way that as long as I'm trapped on this screen, it's going to pleasantly loop. But then later when I'm driving somewhere and I'm listening to the soundtrack, it's just going to pleasantly play from start to finish and sound like one coherent piece of music. And that's like, that's a video game kind of thing because it's like, oh, well, you might not make it through the level in three minutes. So the song's going to have to loop somewhere. But right. at the same time, this is a frustration based hyper death game where like you may be on one screen for 20 minutes. Right. So like it, that loop needs to not make you want to kill yourself because killing yourself will never get you off that screen. Like it's, it, it seems like Actually, the only way I got through this game was killing <laughs> myself so many times. So eventually I learned and got off the screen. Well, yes, but, but that's exactly like the, the music had to be written with that in mind. And I appreciate it because not only did I enjoy the music while I was playing the game, I enjoyed it enough that I sought it out to just listen to on my own. Right. And again, I think that that's another kind of example of, uh, you know, playing to people's nostalgia. Cause they were like, we need, we need something that you can listen to on a loop over and over again. And it doesn't get tired or repetitive because that's what you remember of old school soundtracks. It's like, oh yeah, man, I could listen to Mega Man forever. It's like you mean the remastered HD, you know, like <laughs> half symphony orchestra. It, <laughs> yeah, like that has inevitably been the one that you've been listening to, not the actual thing that was on your NES. You, you mean that one? <sighs> okay, well, we need to compete with that now. So you know, so just just really really smart smart decisions like that. Um mechanics uh i mean just the the last thing i'll I'll say about sound effects is uh the last thing i'll say about audio is that uh like we have taken note of when it's done well and lamented when it's done poorly you are going to hear the dash sound effect and the death sound effect 80 bajillion d times and Mm -hmm. they need to either be ignorable or ideally be okay to hear 
And the dash sound effect is a very nice little like whoosh noise. Um, I played this game with headphones in on a plane with noise canceling. And I can tell you that it is not tinny at all. Like it's not a grating whooshing sound, which is it's just, yeah, just a little like noise. And it's it's done really well because you hear it like a bajillion D times. And the, the death sound is a very satisfying like boom, like it's low. Um, it kind of is almost like a like a tom drum um, when mm-hmm. you you sort of explode, almost like Mega Man <laughs> explodes, like with the dots, um, and and that noise, I never was like angry at that noise. Like I I knew right. that I died, and I was super angry that I died. But the noise itself never became grating, which is, I mean, you can count how many times you died. It literally the game tells you, so I can tell you exactly how many times I heard that noise and. It never became grading, even as that number crested into the four digits. Right. No. No. And and that's that's also a thing that's very important because you know, uh, you you you're, you're going to die a lot. You're gonna you're gonna hear it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And with that in mind, let's talk about all the times we died. Yeah, died a lot, dude. I died a lot. But one of the things that I kind of noticed after I had died a lot. Um, <laughs> Was that uh, so? There, there are a lot of areas where you know it's just like platform, 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 whatever, right? Um, and you can just go and take it, take it at your however, whatever pace you need to, right? Um, but there are some areas where there's like you know moving bad guys or or things that you know like move side to side that you have to duck, dodge, weave, and get around, right? Um, I noticed that the timing on those they once you respawn if you immediately start moving and attempt the puzzle right the timing will work out every almost time every time yes yeah yeah which is brilliant because i got frustrated and i was just kind of like it and just like went right um and uh and then you know like all of a sudden i was just kind of like oh wait that timing worked out perfectly and then I, then once i became aware of it i was like let me uh let me see if this keeps working this way. And yeah, man, every time, like the minute you spawn, if you just go, it's timed properly, which then actually kind of make like it's incentivizing that behavior. So it's really easy to get back into the into the mood and into the flow as opposed to like, oh, well, I just died. So even though the respawn time is short, which means there's not a lot of waiting, there's still waiting baked in. There's no waiting baked into this game. Nope. There is there's basically enough enough of a pause for you to accept the fact that you died and stop executing on whatever you're executing on and then and reset and it's if i measured it i would not be surprised if it's less than a second no it's the, the cycle time on on that on the death on the the punishment of death is um is very short because that's the things that, that they actually say outright like death is not a punishment it's a learning experience you know yes, they literally like they, tell you that on the back of a card <laughs> yeah they say don't they say be proud of your deaths each time you learn something and it's like that's true i did um one thing oh uh so before we get into variable difficulty which i want to talk about a lot (laughs) um the 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 learning cycle time um i felt that in my opinion they got it right 95 percent of the time and the five percent of the time they in my opinion it was frustrating it was on purpose um which i didn't like but i get it um, but like there were a couple of times where you had to get through like the equivalent of three screens before you hit the platform where you didn't have to double back mm-hmm. to where 
there were definitely some times where I was like in and like doing the same thing 10, 15 times that I had done and executed properly in order to get back to the thing that had killed me and, and was challenging me. But again, if we're talking about like true cycle time, it's adding on like an additional four or five seconds, not, you know, not minutes, which God knows <laughs> old school games definitely did. Yes. And so I, so I just think that it's, it's the purpose is to mimic that frustrating feeling, but not actually make you as controller shatteringly frustrated as you were back in the day where you actually had to waste minutes of your life because you don't have that kind of time. So, yeah. And, and it's, there's a lot of little details. Like you can quit uh, playing. And if you then come back to it later, you are standing where you were when you saved and quit out. So you mm -hmm. can essentially stay in the middle of a level it's not like, oh, well, yeah, we respawn you on the screen, but if you quit out, you got to start the level at the beginning, right? So there's lots of additional considerations of not just the micro level cycle time, but kind of the macro level. And then it's additionally uh, made even more friendly by modern consoles having like suspend and resume. So, you know, with like the Switch or the PlayStation, you just put it to sleep and you, even if you were mid flight, you know, if you were in the air mid dash, you could literally come, you know, right back to that moment which helps a lot because, you know, like you, you play a classic game and it's like, uh, if I'm, I'm 10 seconds away from a save point, but if the power goes out, I'm going to lose an hour's worth of work. Exactly. And actually, um, I've heard a, uh, a good description for um, uh, what, what that type of design is called is humane design, yep. which is good because it's, you know, like that's the thing is it's just kind of like they don't punish you for like all, if all of a sudden you know the baby starts crying and you're like i gotta go deal with this you know you can just pause it and it's not like oh, well you know what you didn't get to a save point so you you have to come back and play some more mm -hmm. in order to get to a point where you can actually put the game down so like you can put the, it's like do you put this down whatever you want which is probably what i think makes it tolerable because if you do get controller frust smashingly frustrated you can put it down the purpose is for them to provide a space for you to experience that but not to force you to feel it which i think is a very distinct difference i thought they handled pretty well they, they totally did and uh i i apologize i need to insert a comment about the music uh and the audio uh, i'm not in no way going to cut this out and put it back there with audio uh so mm -hmm. the chapter markers are lying to you this episode um <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, the graphics, uh, by and large, make a very strong attempt and succeed to be very retro, right? They're very pixely. They're very, it's beautiful pixel art. They do cheat and use some modern techniques sometimes. And there are visuals that are not pixel art, which I think is fine. But overall, the game obviously has a super retro aesthetic. Um, the audio makes absolutely no attempt to be retro uh they use no. modern instruments they use them in full fidelity they do use some electronica but it's like modern ish electronica more like maybe the the ps1 xbox era could have done that kind of thing but it's not it's nowhere cartridge right so oh no I, I, but but i still um i felt like the music fit the the narrative and the visuals so well that i was like i don't care like th they made the right trade-off like going with the piano because there's a lot of sad piano going with like the noises like where noises make sense like those were all noises. <laughs> that's right those were all the <laughs> right decisions so even though they uh 
indisputably modernized the game in a way that you could never then confuse it with a Super Nintendo game, I think that was absolutely the right thing to do, and I and I'm totally cool with it. Um, the other thing they did that is more friendly to like, oh, this could have been on Super Nintendo is the controls. There's nothing. There's no. You don't have to use the analog sticks. In fact, I preferred using the D-pad. Um, and there's just face buttons and shoulder buttons. You could absolutely play this with a Super Nintendo controller. Yes, and actually, I thought that they did a good job with that because, um, you know, first of all, keeping the game, the game simple. You know, because it is a uh, a very intense mechanics challenge, and the the point is to um, like it's kind of like you know a Twitch gameplay where it's like you know you 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 hit a and then dash and jump and do all of this other sort of stuff so if they had like you know seven different abilities mapped to seven different buttons that means that the amount of game literacy you'd have to have to play this would skyrocket and that's not what that's not the experience that they were going for so um and especially at the very beginning all you can do is just move and jump you know like you just move it and jump in you know and then all of a sudden they're like hey just so you know you can grab onto the side of the cliff it's like oh, okay cool so just so you know you can also dash. You're like, oh, all right, cool. And then that's it. All of the other mechanics and all the other things that you can do are emergent. You know, yep. like you you learn them as you're doing them. So like when you go, <clears throat> when you turn on the um, the whatever, when you smash the first mirror and you turn on the weird space goo. You know, <laughs> like space goo is that, the right way to is? describe that stuff. Yeah, the space goo. So uh, when you turn on the space goo, uh, y- you know, like like you just have to figure out by kind of pushing and pulling and then interacting with it. You're like, ah, this is what this does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the same thing with the, uh, oh, what, what was it? The weird little uh, floating balls in the, um, you know, side of ma- the mountain face, you know, or the, oh, that, the clouds that, like you give you on. additional dashes. Yeah. yeah. Or the clouds you jump on or the diamonds that give you additional da- dashes or, 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 or like all of these things that you, learn by being taught and so then what they'll do is they'll they'll introduce a new thing right in kind of like a safe easy to play with space safe being relative because you're going to die a lot <laughs> but it's normally a very very simple puzzle where they're like this is the this is a new thing that we're going to teach you um it doesn't require you to become more complicated in the way that your hands execute in the game it just is you know like you the game is becoming a little bit more complicated and then they let that go and then, you know, then they'll teach you another mechanic. And then sometimes they'll double back and be like, okay, well, now these two together, you know. And and that's something that is uh, is has gotten better in modern gaming that old school gaming did not always do. There were a handful of games that did that really well. And those were the ones that stood the test of time like rocks. And the other ones did not. So I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I mean, Mega Man and Mario are probably the two, like, paragons yep. of teaching they, they, they are the two yeah, yeah of teaching through level design and everyone else tried and sometimes they had you know they hit grand slams but then there were other times where they totally struck out whereas like you could pick any random screen on any of the Mega Man or Mario games and there's a really good chance that that was incredibly well thought out and incredibly well executed and you're being given the right information in like a safe environment so that when they're going to try and kill you later you can't say the game didn't tell you what you needed to do like that's that's a hard thing to do at all and it's incredibly hard to do consistently over multiple games over multiple years with like it's they set a high bar and and this game is obviously emulating that level of quality in their level design or in their well yeah level design yeah yeah and yeah and the way that they 
they go through and they teach the player. Because one of the things that I, I've heard that I thought was um, is very true is it is very easy to create a game that will beat a player. It's very hard to create a game that is challenging that a player can beat, you know, which is, I think that, you know, I mean, and honestly, that's in, and I'm just going to wax philosophical here for a second, but I think that that's kind of like the issue is it's just kind of like, you know, Oh, it's really easy to create a work environment where only the best of the best can succeed. It's difficult to create it. So you're like, Oh, well, I only want the cream of the crop in my company, you know, so I'm going to create a, a super harsh work environment, sink or swim, man. If you swim, then great. You know, it's like, it, that's easy. It's it's harder to create a situation where everyone can be successful, you know, and uh, and so the the and, and and I think eventually somebody said to some, you know, higher up in a, a CEO, you know, of a video game company somewhere, it's like where they're like, you know, well, we need to make hard games because people want hard games. And it's like, yeah, but you know, um, if we actually teach people through the game how to play it, uh, you'll 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 sell more of them to more people. And then somebody said wait wait what <laughs> i've been missing out on this and, and so that's that's all of a sudden they were like no no, no let's make games that like let's stop let's stop making battletoads let's just stop making battletoads yeah. you know <laughs> and and they did um yeah. so I, I i spent my entire career basically working in the education sector and i think uh what you're describing applies to like let's all be a successful team i think it applies even more directly like less metaphorically more literally to being an educator because oh God, right because yes. right? it's like anyone can have a and, and i've had teachers like this where i walked into a class and the teacher wanted everyone in the class to know that they were the smart one and i was stupid and they knew all the yeah. answers and we didn't know anything and there a lot of you are gonna fail this class and it's like yeah i, I but i already know i don't know this material that's why i'm right. here and there are lots of games that uh, do that where you essentially you show up to the game and they're like this game's gonna kick your ass and it's like but I, that's not what i want that's not why i'm here yeah like i can i cannot finish this game by just not giving you 60 dollars. if right. you want me to give you 60 dollars, you need a game that's gonna help me accomplish something so i just so wait is this like the the video game mechanics like what we're describing like the bad version of it i think that's the video game mechanics version of negging uh I mean, kind of like, right. Cause it's just like, oh no, you, if you want to beat me, if you want to play me, then you've got to get good. And it's just kind of, as opposed to like newer games where it's like, no, I, I want to have a nice, meaningful, enjoyable experience with you, you know? And so the reason why we put up with it as children and we don't anymore is because as your self-esteem grows, you're less likely to deal with that kind of nonsense. So now we're just like, look, I'm, I'm a whole person. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need you battle toads. Okay. Like I don't need this. Yeah. And I mean the, the parallel holds up because negging can like, you can get hits, like there will be some successes, but oh, being yeah. a good and constructive partner will give you way more successes that are also of a higher quality. So yes. like, can you get a date if you go to a bar and treat people like crap? Yes, but don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So so okay, so so <laughs> so punishing games are the are the video game mechan mechanics equivalent of nicking. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So we can't talk about uh, the mechanics of this game without talking about uh, user selected difficulty. Do you want to lead off on that or? Yeah. So th this is um, this is the thing, the mechanic that they literally tell you about upfront because they're like, hey, this game has an assist mode. Don't use it though because. 
we would really rather you experience the game. It's hard on purpose. We're not just trying to screw with you. Like we, we've got a plan, right? So like they, they have to spell it out for you because otherwise you would just think, Oh my God, this game is so hard. It's not fun unless you're really good at these kinds of platformers. And you wouldn't necessarily think to go looking for the assist mode because it's so advanced. Like, I have never played a game with an assist mode or a, a user selected difficulty that is this well thought out and executed on. And and this was a, a central part of uh the the article that I did get to go back and read after I finished the game. Um because they're like, Yeah, you you're supposed to feel frustrated, like it's kind of core to the way we deliver the story, but we would rather you experience the story than not experience the story. So if you really can't beat it, here's this assist mode. And the way it works is so good. It's so good. So um I, I did not use the assist mode because I, you know, wanted to to have the the artist described experience or artist desired experience. Um uh and 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 I want to, I do, I want to come back to assist mode, but one of the things I think that they did, so like you come in and the game's hard, right? Um, But you come in at like difficulty X, right? And so if that is too hard and it is, is to the point where you, you know, you keep getting racked on the knuckles and you can't turn the page, right? Then you can turn on assist mode. If it is too easy for you, then they have created a ton of insane challenges, for you to challenge yourself, right? And they're all in line. You don't really have to go out of your way to do it. So, like, they'll put, like, strawberries around, you know, and you, and you can see them. And I just, like, looked at it, and I'm like, I, beyond my skill level, and, and, and I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, I, <laughs> I, want, I want to see the story. But, you know, if you're just like, man, I really want to get amazing at this game, then all you have to do is just play those parts of the game, you know? Like go out there. It's it's just kind of like um you know going out going on side quests to grind extra experience because you want a higher level character. You know, and they so, they up that ante with the B sides because the B sides mm-hmm. are additional levels themed the same way as where you got the B side, but that are totally divorced from the story. No story elements happen. They're just hard for the sake of hard. And now something that they did that I thought was very clever with the B sides is that you 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 have to go get it mm-hmm. right so you have to be at least this skilled to go get it because if they just said like hey you want to play it in even a more insane difficulty choose the b side it's like no because then then you may just be like oh no i i'm amazing at this because again you can't you can't trust a player to <laughs> you know age their own skill you don't level, know what you, you want know, so they, yeah you, you don't know what you, i know what you want so like um, but that's the thing is that, you know, if, if you just gave them the B side, they may play a level and be like, man, that was hard. But you know what? You know what? Let's 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 ramp up the difficulty even more. And then they would have played it really, really hard. They would have put it down. And then the last thing they would have thought was like, man, that was frustrating. And they never would have gone through it. But instead you say like, OK, the B side is going to be more of this. So you must at least if you can't get through this puzzle, then we're not going to give you more harder stuff. It's basically like uh, it's just like a, a teacher refusing to give you more material until you've mastered the existing material, which is a very, very good way to lock that behind a gate that is open, like it's openable, you know, and then once you open it, then you get the stuff, you know. Um, so I thought that the way that they created space for you to increase the challenge if you were not challenged enough was very, very good. So then that being said, though, then they also gave you a chance to bring it back down through the through the assist mode, which, you know, you you kind of uh, tinkered around with. So the assist mode is 
granular. So there's an on-off, like, do you want to use the assist mode or not? But then once you actually turn it on, nothing changes. And then there's, uh, I think, four options. So you can literally just slow the universe down. So so you can go from 100% game speed, I think, down to 50%. And so if the only problem is that you uh, your reaction time isn't good enough, or maybe your reaction time is fine, but you have, like, motor function issues and like your hands just literally won't move or maybe you have no hands and you're playing with your feet like or you have uh, prosthetic hands like there's all kinds of reasons that you could be cognitively processing fast enough and not be able to mechanically do it or you just you can mechanically do it but you can't cognitively do it so they will literally let you just slow the world down you still have to do everything but you have more time to execute um to do yeah right uh they also will let you um because later in the game, you get the double dash um, as a game mechanic, and then the puzzles reflect now you need to be able to dash twice, and you literally could not do these puzzles or some of these puzzles if you could only dash once. Um, but you can uh, add that second dash at any time through the assist mode, and you can go up to infinity dashes. So if your problem is you like you dash when you shouldn't have because you can just barely make that jump, but now you can't do the second part of the puzzle because you don't have your dash anymore, you can just say like, you know what? I just don't want to be counting my dashes. I just always want to dash and I always want to be able to dash. Um, And then, oh, uh, flat out invincibility where you just can't die. And they handle it in a couple ways that is visually like really clever and cute. So if you touch a surface that should kill you, it just doesn't and you can just stand on it because all of the surfaces that can kill you are also at right angles. So like if you Mm -hmm. fall onto spikes, you either just pass through them or if there's like ground that the spikes are on, you just land on the ground. Mm -hmm. It's as if they're not even there. Um, Same thing with like the goo that kills you. Um, If you fall into a pit, you just adorably bounce in the pit. (laughs) (laughs) so you can just like walk back out of the pit um and then the the magic sparkle space jello um if you are in the space jello and you collide with a wall you normally die if you're in the space jello and you collide with a wall and you're invincible it just literally reverses your course so you just go back where you came from which you you had to have been able to be there because it can only send you directly back where you started so it's just Right. All of these little things. And and I played, after I beat the game, I played a few levels with the assist mode on and and tweaking the, the things up and down. And I was just like, I'm really glad I didn't play with any of this because I really enjoyed the story. And I'm glad that my ability level was able to overcome the difficulty of this game. But how amazing. Like every game should have some stuff like this. Just like I think every game should have new game plus like, I want every game to have settings that it's like, hey, we just really want you to enjoy our game. And if you need this, like, just go ahead and use it. Well, and the the thing, too, though, is, like, unlike a, a, a difficulty setting, right, where you can set it, like, very easy, easy, medium, hard, and insane, um, the, the, the artist made it very clear what the intended experience is you know a um a corollary would be like cheat codes Mm -hmm. right so like for example doom right um they there were cheat codes right now sometimes you just wanted to go around 
kill a whole bunch of, of, of demons, you know, like that's just what you wanted to do, right? But you knew you were cheating. They were cheat codes, you know, like you knew that that's not the way the game is meant to be experienced, you know? Um, whereas with a difficulty setting, you know, it's just kind of like, well, it could, it could be any of that. And the fact that they, like you said, they made it granular. So you could be like, hey, th- this is the thing that I'm struggling with. So I just don't want to struggle with that. So I'm going to turn it on. And, and the fact that you can turn it on and off whenever you want, you know, means like, like, because there's definitely and parts of it where you could just be like, I am just sick of this puzzle. Like I, I can see what I'm supposed to do. For whatever reason, I just cannot get it done. So I'm going to turn it on, just be invincible, dash straight through all this sort of stuff, and then turn it off when I'm done, and then go back to the game. Because for whatever reason, this screw this puzzle in particular. <laughs> well, and and um, that's that's a very uh, important thing that makes it an assist mode and not a cheat code is the ability to quickly turn it back off. Is because you can't toggle God mode easily in Doom in a way that would make you want to do that. Yeah, you can pop the console open and just turn God mode off, but nobody did that. You turned on God mode to be in God mode. Whereas the assist mode is specifically designed, and they even tell you this is like, you know, hey, if, the, if you're just stuck, like you just pop it on for a second. Like you're not making a decision to cheat, you are saying, I need some assistance with this part or with this section or maybe even with this level like the puzzles in this level are just screwing me but you don't you're not committing to cheating for the rest of the game you can just say i need a little bit of assistance right now and i need a specific kind of assistance right now so real fast um tangent uh do 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 you remember the cheat codes for doom (sighs) no like i can't produce them but i'm mostly confident that if i heard them i would be able to confirm whether or not they were correct let's find out <laughs> iddqd uh was that god mode or was that unlimited ammo or like it IDD- fills you with ammo iddqd was i think unlimited a- or or all yeah. ammo i idkfa i think was god mode and id clip was, was where you could go through the walls the yes and i i think idkfa because that's obviously i don't right like i don't i don't right. it. yeah so <laughs> yeah so so yeah so 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 the, the, it's just because i remember like i'd load up dude be like idkd idkfa <laughs> idc.p and then everybody dies like there was something that was just supremely satisfying about like melting in through a wall (laughs) behind a demon shooting them once because that's the thing is man you could just shoot them like you know like dead but then they don't get the horror of turning around and knowing they can't hurt you before they die right and because that those those codes in that combination they make you the horror movie monster (laughs) So you're like, I'm going to, instead of saying, I'm going to sit down and play Doom, you're like, I'm going to sit down and play Doom, but from the point of view of the monster, like, I want to be the villain. I'm, I don't want to sit down and play Doom, I want to sit down and be Doom. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just picturing, you know, like, like you're just, like, running around like Space Marine, and, you know, like, it just shows, like, one of the, like, the Kako demon, like, like hit, hit, like, like a flare, and all of a sudden, like, you see the, the Marine kind of, like, take a single step, like, as it hits him in the shoulder. And you see him like turn around. He's got like the yellow eyes, and the caco demon's like, "Wait, <laughs> what?" <laughs> um, one other thing I did want to mention really fast that um, I have in my notes. I just I skipped over by accident, but um, 
another thing about game game feel that I thought was very clever, um, and I'm sure that there are more instances of this later in the game, but when the caretaker gets all crazy yeah. <laughs> and comes after you as, as crazy vamp, vampire dude because because why not um he's a he's he's a uh, he's a spirit that hasn't like he has unfinished business he's like a restless ghost yeah sure you know <laughs> it's a it's um it's the shining but you know toned down or up i'm not sure which <laughs> kind of both um uh, but anyways when he like so a couple of things that they do is one with the visual, right? Is that, and, and actually this is kind of a good, it, I don't know if you have any more notes, but this is kind of a good, like it, it brings it all together. Right. So first of all, when he dashes at you, they give you a quick visual, mm-hmm. right? You know, is that like, there's like a lightning that goes across the screen. Yeah, it's, it's like right? the anime, like action is about to happen. Flash. <laughs> yeah. Where it's yeah like, right where, from the eyes. Like the, yeah. It's like, I see you. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So it, it has a really, really good feel, but it lets you know, that he's about to attack and the line he's about to attack mm-hmm. on, right? The music is all like changed to being very intense and dramatic, you know, like as you're like running through this. But when he comes after you, if he is in line to hit you and, and you know, like you, like, like if, if he is going to hit you, he slows down, yes. you know, right before he's about to hit you for just a hair of a second, but you don't, you continue to be able to like operate at like at least three quarters, if not your full speed, which gives you enough time so that way, like you are way, way, way more likely to feel like he almost hit you, you know, than for him to actually tag you. And that lends itself to amazing game feel. And that kind of stuff is things that old school games did not do. Because you remember out of the hundreds of times that you died, you remember those like two or three times when you like, oh, made it out by the skin of your teeth. And then those are the memories that you have. But this allows you to reproducibly create that. And I thought that was just very clever because there were so many times where I was like, oh, Super Matrix style, like, he just missed me. But I was like, no, he he hit me. Like, he absolutely would have hit me, but the game slowed down to make it feel like I just got, like, barely got out of the well, way. And you know? it's it's visually more satisfying. It's mechanically more satisfying than straight up coyote physics where it's like, oh, his hitbox is just smaller than his sprite. So even right. though his head obviously passed through my feet, I just didn't die. Instead, they're like, no, if he touches you, you're going to die. But we're going to give you this super cool way to feel like heroic and like you're escaping and you're you're overcoming this like insane situation. Like that's it's accomplishing the exact same end, but to such greater effect, like it just feels yeah. so much better. It looks cooler. Like it's yeah, it's way, way better. Absolutely. So. Uh, typically, we would ask the question. Did oh it no, hold you, up, you but... just you you just slow down, sir. Oh, oh no, okay. we're we're gonna get there. But I okay. I need to gush, and I'll I will try and keep okay. this quick. Um, but there's a few uh, things that I just wanted to make sure I gushed about. Uh, Matt, the creator and team. I don't know if you are all ever gonna listen to this, but I really really loved your game. <laughs> there's uh there are some little visual things and some little story element things that I just like appreciated in a way that I like, I don't usually feel compelled to gush about something. And when I do, like I mentally take stock of that. I'm like, Oh, this is a thing I want to go talk to people about. I need to remember the impact this had on my life. And, uh, so like some examples of this, uh, there were a few places where, um, Madeline finishes like a, a puzzle section. And then she like goes to talk to, Oh God, I can't remember his name. The Instagram guy. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And and she's like very sad and defeated. And I had several experiences where I was struggling so hard with the puzzle or two, like right before that, that literally when I got to that next piece and she's talking about her depression, I was like in tears because I've never had depression. I'm very fortunate that that's not something I've ever had to experience, but I was so like adrenaline up and emotionally charged that empathizing with this character who's struggling with this emotional battle when I had just been struggling with this like mechanical emotional battle in the game allowed me to empathize with her in a way that I don't think you could if you just said like, here's what it's like to have depression. And I'm not in any way saying that this is an like, this is, I now know what it feels like to have depression, but it got me a tiny bit closer than someone just relating a story to me, no matter how well related could, because it put me in a place where I was super like vulnerable and affected and was more able to empathize with someone who was like, I am super vulnerable and affected right now. I was like, so am I. And for different reasons, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm more open to trying to understand what you're going through, even though someone who's never had depression can never truly understand it. Right. Like the, even just being able to pull those two, uh, you know, someone with and someone without depression, being able to pull them like that, you know, hair closer is a tremendous mm-hmm. accomplishment of, of game design. And that, a moment like that is why when someone's like, oh, games aren't art, I'm like, you can go f- yourself in all the ways that a person can do that. You cannot say that an experience like that is not a genuine artistic moment. And if you do, I don't care what you think or say. Um, yeah. So think that that particular moment, because that happened, I think, twice at two cutscenes where I was literally like tears on face, like, I'm so frustrated. Madeline, I feel you. <laughs> like, it was just, it was good. Like, it was a satisfying kind of you know, like having your heart ripped out. Um, And then there were a few other subtle things that like, they're really on the nose. This game isn't trying to hide that it's kind of about depression. Like they're pretty, pretty straightforward about that. Um, And like battle line represents like the parts of your personality that you wish weren't there. And, and you're reconciling with them over the course of the game. So like, it's not like, I don't get an award for figuring that out and dissecting that part of the story. I mean, it's it's kind of like like if there was like you know like like two different parts like inside of you like like you know like 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 two like a good good side and a bad side yeah, like, like a light and a dark like, yeah light and a dark gold, gold dragon red dragon <laughs> you know exactly like that exactly like um, that but there's a uh, the first time you interact with uh, Battleline she is chasing you and you are fleeing her and then the next time you see mm-hmm. her she is chasing you again and you are fleeing her and then when you decide like I need to deal with this part of myself and come to terms with it you tell her we are going to do this and we have to do it together and Battleline is like nope no we're not and then you she becomes like this terrifying monster version of you and you have to chase her. So she is trying to murder you and you have to run after her in the level. And it's hard. Like those puzzles are hard. And I was on a plane for a lot of that. And the, that person next to me was probably like, this guy needs to take a break from this game. And I was just like, no, because like, <laughs> you can feel it. Like you are like catching her will allow you to not 
they're, they're, when you have like a mental illness, it doesn't go away when you come to terms with it. But it's like, that's the first step toward being able to have that be a part of your life that you can manage because you have decided this is a part of me and I need to manage it. And that is definitely one of the scenes that when Madeline and Battleline are having their like come to Jesus moment where they're like, no, we need to except that we are going to live our lives together where I was just like, I beat that last puzzle and they start talking and just tears. <laughs> uh, it's good. So good. Yeah, no, that, that is fantastic. And, and, and again, like that is to me, one of the things that video games allows you to do is to really put yourself into a position where, you know, like you said, like like literature, you would read. You, if you were to read that, you'd been like, "Yeah, no, I I, I understand cerebrally what's happening." But it's just kind of like, no, you like you have to get off of the sidelines and you have to be a part of this. You are a part of the art, you know. Like like the the a, a good game designer realizes that the player is is a part of the game and builds the game with that in mind. So you know, to say like, what we're going to do is we're going to slowly give you a set of skills over time and then we are going to push you to your breaking point and then we're going to tell this part of the story and, you know? and i think it's and i've played video games where i was moved but i still felt like oh the characters did this or like i was very moved by you know the hero and the heroine realizing that they were going to be able to reunite and that was a really exciting scene but it's something very different and, you know, you, you could argue whether it's better or worse, but it is definitely different when uh, I got to like that scene, for example, where my feeling was I confronted the fact that I have depression and I am now better for it. And it's like, I don't wait. I don't I don't have depression, but I absolutely <laughs> feel like it's like Madeline didn't do that. I did that. I confronted that I have this mental illness and that that's a part of me, whereas a lot of games and certainly things like books and movies, it's like, oh, this character did this or this, you know, this part of the team in this game I'm playing did this thing. But to, you know, have a character on screen, an avatar that I don't identify with, I'm, I don't identify as a woman, I don't have long red hair, but to get to the end of that scene and be like, I confronted the fact that I have depression, like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> to yeah. be able to no, it's, instill it's that feeling is really awesome. When, and I think that you you also kind of hit the nail on the head in the sense that it doesn't you don't know what it's like to have depression suddenly now from having had this experience. But what it does do is it gives you a taste of it. So when you know somebody says like, "Yeah, like that," but you know, like a hundred times yeah. worse, and, or something and like all that. the time like, <laughs> you don't get to be done when the game is done. Yeah, like I remember one time years and years back. Um, uh, you know, I was uh, I was working at a place and um, we had like an auditor come in and they saw that, you know, like like I shaved my head and they said like, oh, hey, you know, my uh, my son's thinking about shaving his head. You mind if I oh, no, that's what he said. So my son's thinking about shaving his head. And I was just like, oh, OK. And then um, at one point just turned around and they had taken a picture of me <laughs> and were texting it to their son, you know, and I was just kind of like, what 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 what's happening? And they were and they were just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, like like I just want to show them, you know, like like an example. I was like, did you? Just, and I didn't say this, but in my mind was like, did you just take my picture without my permission? You know, in a situation where you have like power over me, like you are an an auditor, like I can't say or do anything about this, you know, because you 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 control what's about to happen next. So I was just kind of like, this is terrible. Is this? 
And it was just like, again, nowhere near the experience, but it was a slight modicum of like, this is what it feels like to be disempowered in a workspace, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, it's not, and I don't and in any way want to claim this one to one, but it, it gives you that taste where you're just kind of like, oh, okay, this, but way worse. And the fact that video games can do that, can say like, hey, this is kind of in the, the ballpark of what the, this, this person's feeling, I think can, can really generate a, a, a large amount of empathy for um you know just in general and i mean realistically if we can all come in be pretty groovy to each other (laughs) and then shuffle off this mortal coil you know that 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 just seems like that seems like anything that we can do to engender that experience of being groovy to one another i'm i am totally down for (laughs) there's i i I don't want to sound like i'm making light of it but there's a really childish example of this very profound concept which is in one of the early episodes of family guy when the stabbing guy stabbed he stabs yeah. himself and he's oh like my oh my god is that what i've been doing to people i belong in here but it's like yes because if you ever considered yeah. for a moment what someone else's experience of the world is you yourself might behave differently yeah yeah you might you might learn something so yeah so now now we can ask now did okay. this game learn from history like is it is obviously in the platformer style it has beautiful pixel art um the music they made no effort to make retro but it's really good music but like did this game that is trying to be you know like a in the same lineage of a mario or a mega man or a sonic like did it learn from history absolutely i mean like and like we said a couple of times you know throughout the show is you know it it not only did it learn and does it do better but it it kind of has to you know um so i i would say that um it, so you know normally we would say like oh you know like like you definitely need to be wearing your nostalgia goggles in order to play this game i would say that, that this this game is the proud owner of new nostalgia <laughs> goggles in that it is a new game that properly encapsulates what the old games was like so i would give this a firm new nostalgia goggles yeah. no I'm, I'm with you which is going to be a confusing ranking system because it's like a positive version of something that's well, no, because there's nostalgia. Okay, from 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 worst to best, there's nostalgia goggles, nostalgia monocle, no nostalgia goggles, new nostalgia monocle, and nostalgia goggles. It's a five point system. I don't know what's confusing about no, this. I, no, I'm I'm totally picking up what you're laying down. Um, but but I I do think it uh it it does exactly what you say, and and I'm I'm really happy that you posited this as like it's competing with your shiny memories, not with reality because by that bar, which is a way, way, way higher bar, this game is still across the board, like everywhere they are directly emulating history. Cause there's lots of pixel art that is totally, you could have done it on a super Nintendo, right? So there's lots of pixel art that is legit retro. And then the places where they mm-hmm. deviated from history and they did more modern things are all brilliant and excellent and uh the right correct decisions where like um i i was introduced to this idea of like a perfect movie and it's like a perfect movie isn't a movie that is the best movie it's a movie that you could not add or remove anything to make it better Mm. and i think this may be approaching the idea of like a perfect platformer it's like i don't really know what i would add or remove to make the game 
it is trying to be better at being that thing. You might be able to make a better platformer or certainly like one with other mechanics, but I don't know what I would change about this game to make this game a better version of this game. Absolutely. No, I think that so far, you know, like for like, you know, retro platformers, this game is at its peak. It is. And hey, man, we did it. We climbed this mountain. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the end of a smile. You realize again 